0: This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks
1: for listening. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you once again for being here as we read and pray the Psalms together. Once again, our goal each morning really is to read a Psalm, to understand what it says and to pray or sing the Psalm. So this is our platform to journey through Psalms together as a community. And this will be the last of this uh, weekday. First of all, we thank God that it's Friday because Fridays always point us to the weekends. And so we thank God for the Psalms because the Psalms point us to our future hope, especially in times of difficulties. So we're going to begin by reading Psalm 5. So I'm gonna invite us to um, read Psalm 5 together from your end as I read it aloud from mine. So Psalm 5 for today, this is what it says. For the director of music, for pipes, a Psalm of David. Listen to my words, Lord, consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you, I pray, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies, the bloodthirsty. And deceitful you, Lord, detest. But I, by your great love, can come into your house. In reverence, I bow down toward your holy temple. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness, because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they tell lies. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them from for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread out your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Yesterday, we read Psalm 4. Psalm 4 was a psalm for the night. Here we come to Psalm 5, a psalm for the day. We are told once again that Psalm 5 is a song of King David. Another of David's lament, this should not be surprising because as a king who does not walk or stand or sit amongst the wicked, David, he should expect many enemies, but he has yet a greater ally. Today, as we make some observation on the flow of Psalm 5, be ready for an unexpected turn of events that the New Testament has to say about Psalm 5. But let us first consider this Psalm briefly in five stanza. From verses one to three, we hear David's plea, verses four to six of God's holiness, or verses seven to eight, God's faithfulness. And then we come to verse nine and 10, which speaks about some great evil, but finally, we land on verse 11 and also 12 of God's great protection. Now, as you look at verses 1 to 3, David begins his prayer poetically, asking God to listen, to consider, to hear his word, his lament, which really is his cry for help. And ultimately, David reviews a confident expectation that God will answer him. At the end of verse 3. There are quite a few points in this prayer that we cannot miss. Because, first of all, King David addresses God as king. He says, My king and my God. This is the anchor of his confidence. Because God is never a genie in a bottle who answers to our demand. And David knew that very well. Yes, David was a king. But unlike Adam in Genesis 3, David knew that he was God's representative. Above David's throne was the throne of his king. We hear once more a covenantal relationship between David and his God-king. Now, as you look at today's morning prayer, it is not done in a haphazard way. But like you and I, we all know the importance of discipline when it comes to morning routines. For those who wake up at 5 a.m. to run, they will be asleep by 10 p.m. For my wife and I, we have clear routines when it comes to getting our children ready for school. My wife is responsible for their packed lunch while I prepare their snack box, according to our good things. See, verse 3 reveals David's intentional perhaps daily prayer before the throne of God. And each time he prays, he lays it before his God King and he waits with eager expectation. As we move on to verses 4 to 6 and then verses 7 to 8, it shows the underlying theology of David's prayer. And it hinges totally on God's character. First his holiness, then his faithfulness. So because God is holy, if we look at verses 4 to 6, God, he will not tolerate evil. Feel the progression of this psalm as, as David pray regarding his enemies. They were wicked. They were evil, arrogant, wrong, liars, bloodthirsty, deceptive. And this wickedness lead to the building up of God's judgment. It starts off with displeasure and ultimately lands on his raft holy God cannot tolerate evil. And hatred towards King David is also an open declaration of rebellion against his God. That is why it is not a small matter if you watch the news of a country burning a flag of another country, even if that flag is just a piece of cloth. Meanwhile, as we look at verses 7 to 8, David, he is different from the rest because he has access to God's house because of God's covenantal love for King David and David's reciprocal love for his king. He says to God, lead me, Lord, in your righteousness and then walk in the straight path of the blessed person in someone. Now, God's king... He will not behave like the wicked mentioned in verses 9 to 10, whose evil is deeply rooted in their hearts. Again, listen to the poetry that emphasizes the wickedness of the wicked. All their facilities, their mouth, their throat, their tongues, they were used for deception. They behave like the children of the serpent in Genesis 3. Their conspiracy will lead to their downfall. Now, friends, up to this point, if you're like me, it is easy to keep nodding our head as David's psalm is being read and think that we are actually the good guys, the supporter of the good king, and we want justice on the wicked. But here's what it is as we look at verse 9 to 10 that there is a terrible twist in this plot. Now, there's this old movie called Momentum. I'm not sure if... Uh, you have watched before, Memento, uh, where Guy Pearce acted as a man called Leonard. This man, he suffers from a type of short-term memory, and the story was written in a backward kind of style, and Leonard, all through the movie, was searching for his wife's attacker. But when we reach the end, or perhaps the beginning of his life, because it goes backwards, it turns out that actually, he, was his wife's attacker, though he would never admit it. Now, as you look at verses 9 to 10 and read, their throat is an open grave, and with their tongues they tell lies. We should start to feel very uncomfortable if our memory of our New Testament does not fill us. In fact, let me bring us back to our forgotten memories. The Apostle Paul says in chapter, Romans chapter 3, verse 9, he said these words, listen to him. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin as it is written, meaning that it has already been written in the Old Testament. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have, they have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And then listen to this. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. And so Paul goes on to say, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Can you spot some 5 in David's words? Like Leonard in Memento, we may claim spiritual amnesia and we play the role of the good guy. But in reality, Paul says, by our own nature, we, Jews and Gentiles alike, we are actually the enemies who want the king's life. We, by our own nature, are not on the side of God and his king. That's why Paul says, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by our own works. So friends, how can we sing Psalm 5? We can never sing it while claiming spiritual amnesia and be our own version of Leonard in memento, that we are good enough to win God's favour by our own effort. Instead, what Psalm 5 should do for us as we read it or sing it is to give us a fresh reminder of our sins but also a fresh hope that God's anointed king, Jesus, he's so willing to walk the path God gives him that all who repent and find refuge in him will be saved because the apostle Paul didn't leave us without hope. He says in the same chapter of Romans 3, he goes on saying this, listen to this. He says also that God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. And he goes on, verse 26, He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. God, through Jesus, made his enemies, his people. And all who rep- repent and hide under the king's banner becomes righteous, not by their own effort, but because of the king. So as much as Psalm 5, verse 9 reminds us of our rebellion, Psalm 5, verse 11 to 12 remind us of God's forgiveness when we repent and trust in Jesus. So that when we finally join the choir to sing Psalm 5 under the banner of God's King, verses 11 and 12 of this psalm becomes the sweetest words. That instead of judgment, we find refuge and protection from God Himself. Only when we come under the banner of God's King that we can really sing Psalm 5 to sing of the king's plea when those who oppose the gospel come hard on us or our Christian families elsewhere, To, to also acknowledge that God is holy and faithful and he will do what is right. And we recognize that those who oppose the king, they will face judgment for their sins, but all who are willing to repent and take refuge in Jesus can come to his house to find forgiveness in Jesus and to have the protection of God. So dear brothers and sisters, friends, may we sing Psalm 5 with a greater awareness of evil, evil in our humanity, but also with great comfort, comfort of God's protection for all who take refuge in God and his King. So right now, I would like to invite us to pray the words of Psalm 5, verse 11 to 12. As I read it, may we pray these words together, because we are under the banner of the King. So let us pray together. Psalm 5, verse 11 to 12. Heavenly Father, Let all who take refuge in you, in our Lord Jesus, be glad that we may ever sing for joy. We pray because of Jesus, you will spread your protection over us. That those who love your name and trust in Jesus may rejoice in you. Because surely, Lord, you bless the righteous and we find our righteousness in our Lord Jesus. Surround us with your favor as with a shield. We pray for our brothers and sisters all around the world, those who are in places where they feel the brunt of the gospel, of proclaiming the gospel, that the enemies persecute them, and they feel the pain, the lament, the pressure that the king felt when the enemies were against him. But we pray, God, because they too have trusted in Jesus, that your protection will be over them, that, can they, that they can know that truly in our King, that God, they will find joy once again. We pray all this for your glory and in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So dear brothers and sisters, this is the last time for this weekday. We will come back together next Monday where we will actually think a bit more on some of the different genres of psalms in the whole Psalter. But for today, let me close us with a song from Psalm 5. Those of us who need to run, please go ahead. But those who just want to meditate on a song, here's the one for us today.
0: Oh Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I wake and you see my dawn sacrifice. into your house, Lord, bow down to all. Brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at busypc.sg.